It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jay. Millie's Welcome back! This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast And we are here in the depths of the Boston Garden After a 126-94 thrashing of the Charlotte Hornets Which was a close game for two and a half quarters, and then the Celtics unleashed holy hell on the Hornets and ran away with this thing. Uh, 126-94 again the final. Jalen Brown, 24 points off the bench. Uh, nice job from him. We're the Rain and Jays. I am John Corrales of MassLive.com. Joined to my left by Samuel Jamison Packard the third. Jam. We also know him as Ladies Love Cool Jam. Jam. See, this was funny because there's a bunch of Celtics people walking by as I was making the jam noises, and it was, uh, <laughs> it was embarrassing, but I had to power through. <laughs> Look, you got to stick to the bit, and this bit is going, man. Commitment We're, to the bit is what it. we do. This game was over quickly. Everything was fast about this game. Let's see. Charlotte shot seven free throws in this game. The Celtics actually managed to shoot 16, which all came late. There was a stretch there where I think two free throws were shot in the game through like the first half, I think. Yeah. That was that was not. It finished in 2 hours, under 2 hours, which is not normal that for an NBA game. Unreal. It's normally two and a half hours to shave a half hour off of that. That alone is going to have people say, "What if we eliminated free throws from Hear that basketball? James Harden? Hear that? Can you imagine? He would just be neutralized. Like, he would lead the charge. He would still be pretty good, but... Uh, no, he'd be terrible. No, but what actually I'm happened kidding. in that two hours? What Terry Rozier started, and it was, again, quite good, um, just was. because Jay King doubted him. Um, <laughs> I think the thing I was most impressed with Terry tonight was his uh, playmaking is... Uh, Assists. He had ten, ten, assists. 10 assists tonight, and the Celtics had two really good offensive quarters, the third quarter and the first quarter. I think he had five assists in both. Um, he was just uh, making the right decisions tonight. The Celtics did a good job in transition. I thought he did a really good job in transition, but then just out of the pick and roll, uh, he had an alley-oop to uh, Horford, uh, kind of scrambling play. He had that really nice alley-oop to uh, Jason Tatum. I just thought he was making uh, kind of the, the smart decision all night and. He was rewarding his teammates, and that's how he ends up with 10 assists. In the third quarter, where the Celtics outscored Charlotte 35-16, to again, six minutes to go, that was a six-point game. And the Celtics won, I think it was a 20-3 to run to close the quarter. Uh, in that third quarter, Terry Rozier was great. Ten points, five assists, three rebounds, two steals in that just one turnover, and he shot three of five, two of three from three. I mean, that was just a beautiful quarter from Terry Rozier. 
And the defense, and like you said, getting out in transition, feeding guys, um, that was – it's funny. And, and maybe maybe this worked this way because Charlotte's not that great. But, I mean, still, he has to come out here and do it. The, the starter versus bench, Terry, it's just stark. Um, and I guess that boosts his – free agency a little bit by saying if he hey, starts if he starts if you want a guy who can start like he powered through and i've said this before on the podcast his agent says hey look uh you want him to be your starting point guard here he is starter terry is is great and you know maybe didn't work out wasn't quite fitting with him on the bench but he never said anything so uh terry rosier very good tonight uh, a lot of guys were very good tonight. I mean, yeah, that's Jaylen what I was about Brown. to say, whereas I didn't know if it was like Terry Rozier just being great or the fact that the Celtics were great tonight and just so many, so much cutting to the hoop, so much passing. I had 34 assists. They had two 12-assist quarters, the first and third quarter, both had 12 assists. They were really just moving the ball well, and the the Hornets had zero rim protection whatsoever. The Celtics could pretty much get to the rim um, with ease the entire night. They played Bismack Biombo for 13 minutes, but then they basically went small the entire rest of the way um, with a bunch of Marvin Williams at the five, some some Willie Herning Gomans at the five, but really the Celtics uh, just passing the ball and cutting. It was real simple old-school basketball, folks, and it worked uh, <laughs> to the tune of 125 points. Yeah. Uh, when If you're Bismack Biombo and you're not in there and you're not going to block shots – then you just there's just no effectiveness. He has no other at that point. Just pull him. If you he's your only real big that has any chance of blocking shots. If he's not going to be out there blocking shots and affecting the defense, then you might as well go small and say, "All right, Marvin, go out there and try to hit some threes," which he did. He didn't score a ton. There were there were some stretches where. He would help the Hornets get close. He had a solid stretch in the second quarter, like bringing it back. They went on an 11-0 run. I think he made two or two threes in that. Uh, yeah. So I mean, he was part of this. The Hornets. I, I was prepared to write in my recap that this was just always destined to be a seven-point game. Like it just stayed as a seven-point game for most, even after the the first quarter where the Celtics put up 35 points. Charlotte still scored 28. And they outscored the Celtics 31-28 in the second quarter. They were, anytime the Celtics threatened to make a run, and they push it up to like 8 or 9 or 11, Charlotte would answer. It was Kemba Walker. It was Michael Kidd-Gilchrist at one point. He scored multiple baskets in a row from the outside. Nick shots. Batum. Yeah. It was yeah. wild. <laughs> he hit shots. That's insane. Nick Batum would hit a couple of shots. Marvin Williams, like we said. Guys just kind of stepped up and... and we're making timely shots, uh, but so halfway through that third quarter, I thought, oh, well, here we go. But the Celtics continued to play defense. I think the big key was six Charlotte turnovers in the third quarter, 10 Celtics points. I mean, that's really where they, where they started to push that lead out. Once they got that lead to 15, that, there was just It was done at left. the end of the third quarter. It just really that felt like... Uh, Kemba Walker, he was 3 of 8 in that quarter, but he was just seemed pretty tired, and once he was off the court, I don't know who else on the, the, the Hornets bench is capable of scoring. They really just, I mean, Malik Monk, I guess, finished with a, a decent game, but just one, like once it was out of Kemba's hands, there's just no one else on this team really scares you. No. I mean, Nick Batum was not great. He was, had a number of turnovers there in that third quarter, but it's pretty much like they, they withstood the one run, 
they extended it to 15. Then the fourth quarter was just, uh, to use a Brad Stevens term, it was a joke. (laughs) Uh, Borrego said before the game that they need to win those bench minutes to have a chance. And, and, that that's where they they really did lose the the game here because when you got to the Celtics bench, Jalen Brown obviously led the team in scoring twenty four points. Gordon Hayward chipped in twelve. Everyone else kind of had something. Everybody scored. Uh, in fact, there's a weird quirk here where everybody that played in this game scored, which I don't Ooh. know how often that happens. And they played both teams em- fully emptied their bench. Yeah. So. It's kind of wild. Even I, Joe Chile got two buckets. You know what? I'm just seeing the name Joe Chile right now. It says he plays seven and minutes and 45 seconds. Who is Joe Chile? I have no idea. He got two I, points. I think he, he's probably a two-way. He player. took three shots. Yeah, he took he took three shots in the in the portion of the blowout where I'm no longer paying attention and I'm just trying to write a lead to my recap so I can get it out at the buzzer. Um, Shouts to Joe Chile. <laughs> he did more than I did. Um, uh, we haven't talked about Jalen Brown as much, but I thought Jalen Brown was probably one of the best players uh, in this game. 24 points, 10 rebounds. Brad mentioned in his post-game press conference um, just getting some easy baskets from offensive rebounds. He had two tip-ins that were, uh, I think, in the second quarter. kind of kept them close. He scored 10 points in the second quarter where the Celtics were kind of struggling. They only had four assists then. And Jalen Brown, I just thought by hustling, uh, getting to the hoop, he also had a very cool dunk, which he, I think he cool should be dunk. in the dunk contest. Like, when he actually goes up for it, he can really sky. He, I felt like he was getting up even a little bit higher Think today. about it. it was he's wild. like really embraces the professor theme. He maybe goes in with a sweater or a sweater vest, <laughs> glasses. Maybe he jumps like, over like a whiteboard. school, you fools. Yeah. There's, there's potential there. I think Jalen Brown needs to be in the dunk contest. Maybe it's a little late. You, you probably Most people who are in the dunk contest have been, like, practicing dunks for a while now. That's oh, how it works. Maybe he has been practicing Ooh, dunks. I feel like he's too busy, like, learning Arabic. <laughs> or oh, if he jumped over piano and then, like, played the piano. Oh. oh there's so many props that he could use. Absolutely. Professor. Um, but he was good tonight. He knocked it. He was. He was very good tonight. I think that the real, where you really knew Jalen Brown was, was having a night. There was the botched alley-oop to Marcus Morris that he was just kind of there and he put back. And then there was a fast break where Marcus Smart got the ball and tried to do this fancy kind of... It was a terrible attempt. That was (laughs) terrible. And I think he was kind of put in a bad spot. He was running straight down the middle at full speed and he kind of jumped. He had no clue what to do with it. Um, And then Jalen Brown was there to just kind of clean that up. Those Those were... um, it, it still says he's only had one offensive rebound. I guess, know, I, bo- I guess that botched that alley-oop might not count as an offensive oh, yeah. rebound. But when those two things happen and he was in the right place in the right time there, you know that that's kind of like the ball is finding the right energy and he was he was just kind of and, – and that's where, where that term comes from. Like when you hustle and put yourself in a position, the ball will find that energy. When something goes wrong, he's in a position to kind of clean that up. So a nice night for him. 10 of 18. He shot two of eight from three. I, I'm I'm surprised. I, I thought he shot better than that from three, but uh, again, an, an awesome night for him. Uh, a nice night for Jason Tatum, who did most of his damage. I felt like early in the game, eleven points in the first quarter uh, was five of six. I think he, but he was just part of. He had some like a couple outside shots, but he was he hit that, knocked down his threes. But he was also part of the just everyone running to the rim, yep. getting layups. He had a couple of nice dribble moves, getting to the rim. And but he had the big dunk before. It's just everyone kind of lived in the paint tonight. The Celtics scored sixty four points in the paint, which feels like that is an insane number. We don't, I don't, we don't normally track that after every game, but that just feels like an insanely high number for the <laughs> Celtics. That's like almost half their points came in the paint. 
That is Especially wild. for a team for- that we talk about that doesn't get, like, we talk, they just live for three-pointers, and they've uh, been often criticized for settling for mid-range shots. That many points in the paint, and it really felt that way the entire night. It was just cutting layups, cutting layups, and easy dunks. A lot, there was a stretch there in the third quarter when they were really piling on, where it was just like, they ran the dunks play, and it worked three times in a row. Yeah. Well, you got, you got them running good offense, first of all. You've got them scoring 22 points off of 12 turnovers. And when, you, when you're scoring points off turnovers, those tend to come in the paint because you're getting layups. Uh, and then they had, what, seven offense, 12 offensive rebounds. So you get a bunch of putbacks there that, that kind of pump up that total. So, yeah, I guess it makes sense when you look at it that the Celtics were, were kind of living in the paint. But, again, very aggressive attacking Boston Celtics tonight. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we haven't talked about Gordon Hayward yet. We haven't talked about Brad Stevens dunking on me in the in the postgame, continuing my stretch of being just dunked on by Celtics. Uh, and uh, we'll get to tweets and junk drawer later on. So stick around here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA Network of Podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Gordon Hayward had 12 points, but he was a plus 31 on the night. Celtics best plus minus. He also had five rebounds, three assists, and a nice dunk cutting down the lane. Continuing the theme, Sam, of cutting, getting the ball. Now, I thought that dunk kind of was a sign of something. That all of Gordon Hayward's dunks this season, and there haven't been many, have come in transition, except for, I think, one alley-oop dunk. So I look at this and say, look, he's, he's getting the ball on a cut, he's taking a step, and he's going up, and he's dunking it. That's new for him. And I see it as a step forward. 
I asked Brad Stevens about it, and he just flat out said, nope, not at all. said, is this dunk a sign of progress moving forward? No. No, not it's not. And I lingered there for a minute, and then Brad Stevens, because he's a nice man, just gave his uh, generic answer about what Gordon Hayward did today, uh, just because he didn't want to let it linger. He's not mean. <laughs> he could have. He could have said no, and Belichick would have said no. And right, and just let me let me linger, like you said, and just twist in the wind and be like, okay. But I will say, his elaboration on I've seen him do this in practice. I am going to say that that sort of kind of proves a little bit of what I've been saying. Look at the facts of this. We haven't seen him cut to the basket, get a pass, and go up and dunk. That is a first for this season, I believe. I can't remember one off the top of my head. Can you? No. Okay. Brad Stevens says afterwards, I see him do this in practice all the time. So I don't think this is anything special. Okay, fine. We have to see it in a game. I Right. So my point that I've been making this whole time is that he has this thing. Like, practice is one thing. Doing it in a game is another. And I'm going to take the dunking on me by Brad Stevens to say that Brad said that because he sees it all the time. We don't see it all the time. Now, we, if we start to see this a little bit more, then the old G that shows up in practice every once in a while when there's no pressure, where there's no real fear because he's playing amongst his teammates and they're not going to try to hurt him, I, I feel like doing that in the game is indeed a step forward. And, and Brad may not want to paint it as such, because he wants Gordon Hayward to just go out there and just keep doing what he's doing in practice. Just keep doing it. I've seen him do it. I think this is great. Yeah, that's fine. That was nice. But, you know, it's it's just Gordon. Just Gordon's doing Gordon. So that, that's that's my take on the whole thing. I'm going to give you a big uh, round of... Nice recovery. Nice recovery Thank from getting dunked you. on. You. Justified your point. I think the, the, an interesting thing about what Brad said is, like, we need to do a better job of getting him uh, open in space. Yes. And I think a lot of that is on Gordon Hayward. It felt like he made a concerted effort every single time he got the ball tonight to try and get into the paint, or he even had some post-ups, which I don't think we've really seen him do a lot. But he was try- looking for his own shot and was very aggressive and, like, cutting like part of the reason we haven't seen it is because like how often we've seen like Gordon Hayward really cutting into the paint and it's just not um something he was like clearly there was they told him to do something more or be more aggressive or the scouting report said catch and go but every single time he caught the ball tonight he was trying to get into the paint still had some of the looking to pass once he got there but yep that's part of basketball is like collapsing the defense in and passing it out him getting into the paint doing more playmaking I thought was just uh, a lot better tonight and so Maybe that's just him being more active. Maybe it's the ankle feeling better. But I just like loved his aggression. I want the most aggressive Gordon Hayward as possible. He can take as many mid-range shots as he wants. He didn't really do that tonight. He knocked down a couple long ones, but he didn't really take bad mid-ranges. But I'm like fine with that. He needs to be more aggressive and try to like get himself to be more part of the second unit. And so I thought it was a good sign. Um, if it wasn't the best dunk of his year, I thought it was just in terms of aggression, it was a, it was a good step forward for I, him. I agree. I agree. And I stand by it. I stand by all of the things that I've said 
that I've gotten dunked on all week. Start with Kyrie saying this wasn't a playoff atmosphere. It went to Jalen Brown, who said he's not finishing any differently, and then tonight. But I stand by all my points. It was a regular dunk. Find a new slant. Find it. <laughs> uh, but I, I agree on the finding him as a, as a cutter. I think the Celtics in general need to cut more. Like, get him, get Gordon Hayward out there on the floor with Al Horford. Get Al Horford the ball and the post, low post, high post, doesn't matter. Cut behind him and let Al Horford flex his passing. Now, Al only played 24 minutes tonight, which was I was was about to bring up Al. Al was amazing tonight. It was the most, like, calm 14, uh, 7, and 5. But he was just another two blocks, two steals. steals. I mean, yeah. Just basically dictated the entire game. It's like, oh, Marvin Williams is in the game. We'll just do an Al Horford post up. He was passing the ball left and right. He's just been he's been such a better defender. Um, I think one since Baines has been back, but it just seems like he's a lot healthier out there. He was just like quietly dominant and didn't really have to play at all in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought he was quite good, but he's he's. Like he said, point guard Al, he's such a good passer. The Celtics, I think, do need to do a better job cutting. I think that's where Hayward comes in because Hayward is such a good playmaker that you, if you give him the ball like on the catch while he's moving, uh, he had a really good assist to Jalen Brown today where he, he basically caught in the paint and immediately whipped it to yep. the other side. Exactly he's such a good about. facilitator, and he's one of those guys who can throw that like perfect pass to the corner. Mm-hmm. Get him moving in traffic where he can either go up or uh, can look to pass. But I just think to... The Celtics have so much talent, so much playmaking that I think they need to do a better job of, um, like playing with some pace and getting guys move, like getting the ball on the catch so they can make those plays. And I think Hayward's kind of the best example of that. Yeah, it just makes you think that, and I don't want to overreact, but there, this is, I think, an obvious step forward. Big step, small step, however you want to classify it. Having having moments like this is a step forward, and. We're what fifty? How many games into the season? I forget what game. Fifty-one. Fifty-one. Sometimes it takes a long time for the chemistry to happen, and and part of it is because Gordon is recovering from that injury. So as he continues his physical and mental recovery, he's going to do a little bit more. Um, part of it is guys getting into these roles, like Jalen Brown playing great right now he is on a great stretch and some people are saying maybe you move him into the starting lineup and i no. wonder he's embraced him, his bench role and he's talking about how he like from the bench he's able to do more and like able to be more exactly. aggressive that was my point that he in that role is flourishing and and it's not to say that he's not a starter quality guy it's that with this team with these guys that you know with those starters Having a guy like Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward coming off the bench now, embracing those roles and playing those roles very well, that changes the dynamic. And it, t- it takes this long for everybody to be like, okay, I get it. I'm going to go full on. I- I'm-, I'm embracing this. Jalen's embraced it. He's had a great two months now. Gordon Hayward's getting better. He's starting to embrace it. He's had a bad stretch the past few games, but he, you know, there, there are signs of progress. Once we get to this point where everybody's starting to accept things, then you can start moving forward with which lineups, which combinations work best at different parts of the game. How do you fix the third quarter? Do you move different guys in and out? And then 
now you start to get a sense of, well, if we get into the playoffs and there are matchup issues, then we could do this, then we could do that. And so it, it's, not, it's not fully fixed, and I'm not going to overreact to beating the Hornets who are hanging on to an eighth seed at this point. They still do have to take it on the road. They've won 10 of 11 home games this month. They've been bad on the road. They still have to go on the road. So now going to face the Knicks, who have been bad, if they go out to New York on Friday and suck, then then that brings up a, an entirely different question that the Celtics are going to have to answer. Why why do you suck on the road? And and that's the next challenge for them because they're going to have a ton of road games coming up. They still got a West Coast swing. They still got games in Philly, in Toronto. They, they've got a lot of tough road games coming up. So that that's their next stretch, and that's their biggest challenge moving forward. You do have to give them some credit for taking care of business at home. The only home game Absolutely. they lost in January was against the Warriors, I think 10 of 11. Um, that's exactly what you need to do, them to do. They're only a game back of the four seed. Like they did, they held court basically. It just so happened that the four other teams in the East kept on winning, uh, probably because they got to play a lot of teams in the East. Um, but you expect Indiana to kind of uh, fall off with Oladipo. The 76ers are, have some, uh, also have a tough schedule coming up. So, it, yeah, this will be the true test. But hopefully, the, the Knicks on Friday night is not a true test. Uh, hmm. Basically, they had uh, Enos Cantor play tonight after four DMPs, and there was a "We want uh, Enos Cantor" chant. Is <laughs> this has state of affairs in New York? I saw, I saw the clip of Enos Cantor coming in, kissing the floor, and then firing an air ball. <laughs> and immediately airballing it. <laughs> the New York Knicks, 2018-2019. Let's take a break. We're gonna come back. Tweets, junk drawer, and we out. Stick around here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Every game we ask you to send us your tweets. Tag them with the hashtag Rain and Jays or Rain and Junk. Rain and Jays are your basketball comments. Rain and Junk is your junk. So let's start with the Rain and Jays. And at Trav Lewis said, is it quiet at the game? I can hear every call the coaches are making on the bench and the players yelling it. And 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 one on literally every possession. No energy tonight. The the crowd was uh, lacking. It was kind of empty when I got here. No one really here. I got to sit downstairs. It was uh, it was kind of empty night. People were probably maybe scared of the snow. I don't know. I don't know. I I agree. This this night it was all about everybody just wanting to get in and get out. Then there, there wasn't a ton. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of energy in the building. The referees didn't want. They just let them play. Uh, the post-game interviews were like two minutes, like, okay, blah, 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 one, one sentence, okay, we're out. No reporters, like, just none. Let's everybody get out of here. So that was the night, and, and that's, uh, that's kind of the theme of the night. Uh, let's see. At Celtics Mike, I'm just going to say the I am so smart, SMRF, is a great uh, Homer Simpson reference. We didn't talk about Marcus Smart. He didn't do much offensively. He had a couple of crazy defensive plays, which completely didn't register, didn't make everybody go crazy, and that's just where we are with Marcus Smart. He's a maniac on the floor. He makes maniacal plays, and people are like, oh, yeah, just, that's just that's just Smart. Yeah, he also had seven assists tonight, uh, one of four from deep, just continues with the shooting confidence, but this yep. time it didn't work. But, uh, yeah, no, he just continues to be 
all up in everyone's shit, <laughs> like at all times. At one point, he got absolutely laid out by Bismack Biombo. Yes, he did. And then, it, like the next three plays, it was just like all Marcus Smart. It's like, it's like him getting knocked down fuels his in- insanity <laughs> rage, and it's like he's just like. Uh, you're not going to get this reference because you didn't play Pokemon, but there's uh, you used to battle Pokemons, and there was a move called Rage, and the Pokemon would just rage in place, and you couldn't do anything. It would just destroy your own Pokemon. Marcus Smart, when he gets hit, is a raging Pokemon where he just destroys everything <laughs> in his path, and there's nothing you can do about it. He immediately came in uh, after getting smacked by uh, Biombo, came flying in for a tip and dunk attempt that was an offensive foul on Smart, and then... Uh, and then he immediately, the next play is when he drew a charge on Biombo. Like, if he gets knocked in the face at all, his, like, intensity goes up, and it's, like, the best of Marcus. There, so my old man reference that you won't get is there was, I forget which member of the Little Rascals would get mad when you messed up his hair. Like, I think if you- Alfalfa? No. Or is it no, spanky? There was, there, was, there was, I believe- a little rascal that if you messed up his hair, you got super, super mad and he would just kick the crap out of somebody. Uh, that was the kind of thing. Aren't you one of the little rascals? Um, the only thing I can think about is the Simpsons flashback when Mo was originally on the little rascals and then Alfalfa steals his bit <laughs> and he beats him up. <laughs> he beats him to death. His bit was putting his eye behind a car that would start and having the smoke blow out. <laughs> right, right. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, at Jovian Shadow, when I get home, I'm just going to watch the Celtics third quarter. Good choice. That's a great quarter to watch. Uh, whoops. I just completely lost all of my tweets because I'm an idiot. Oh. Uh, at Robert Denton, who sent us a gif of the Jason Tatum alley-oop saying, why in the hell would we want to trade Tatum? Don't want to. You Got would kind of have to if you want to get Anthony Davis, and I, I would love to keep Jason Tatum and get Anthony Davis. That'd be fantastic, but that may not be possible. I do not want to trade Jason Tatum, but it might be that how it goes. Uh, at Beer Jam, games like this, it's like maybe we should trade Kyrie for AD, but it never I, sounds I, good. I'm going to admit, I had that thought tonight. Did you? I was like, <laughs> oh, Anthony Davis with all these guys who are playing real well? Would be pretty good. Yeah. You know, would be better. Kyrie and Anthony Davis. That would Davis. be better. Yeah, it would be that better. Would be People better. forget that Kyrie Irving's amazing. I have a theory that uh, Kyrie Irving shouldn't play against uh, any uh, non-playoff teams for the rest of the season. I'm, I'm down. Seems like the so, chemistry is going well. People are very happy in the locker room, but they clearly need him against the teams with a, like somewhat of a good defense. But against bad teams, let the other guys cook. Kyrie doesn't need to be there. No, he's not. I bet he doesn't play against the Knicks. No. He'll play against the Knicks because it's MSG and that's where he's from and he wants to play. Yeah. Everyone wants to play in MSG. Yep. He'll play against the Thunder and then I think they have another game before taking on the – and you know he's going to play against the Lakers as his apparently his new free agent destination. <laughs> uh, at John T4573, uh, Jalen Brown is the most joyless basketball player I've ever seen. Dude, try to enjoy the good shooting nights. Oh, and also – Bad luck getting pissed when Tice got free throws on fourth quarter rebound. Everyone else was laughing. Also, mix mix in a pass to Hayward every now and then. Um, I, I don't. I didn't notice the pissed off or, or Tice. Uh, I will say that. Well, Jalen Brown said twice after the game, "I'm just having fun out there." But it was a very. He just gives monotonous post game. He he's very. He's not going to give you anything to talk about in his post-game comments. He's just going to go straight down the 
give you all the cliches. He's going to do it very monotone. He's not going to. That's that's. It's very Belichickian, like him, Tatum. The, those guys. Most of these guys are are not um, are not the Evan Turner type soundbite. They're just very by the book. Read off the cliches. The, the media training in full effect. It's I don't fun blame because him. I don't blame him. You go into the locker room after the game. Tonight was especially like loud locker room. People are joking around, and then it's like they do a slow walk over to yeah. the media uh, scrum, and it's like play good out there tonight. Yeah, I don't blame him because you know, what, like we all want the juicy quotes, but as soon as a juicy quote comes out, it, it goes on Twitter like and it crazy. loses all context. People, there's right, there's no context because it's a fun tweet. And people were like, "Whoa, wait a minute! That sounds like kind of douchey. Like that's it's not." And then you have to explain, and just, people won't watch the video when you say, "Oh, here's the video." They just don't care. Uh, so I don't, I don't blame them for for not saying things because that very easy for that to spread and not be taken seriously. Um, that's it for the Rain and Jays hashtag. You know what happens in a thirty-five point blowout? You get a bunch of junk chores. So lots of junk from. Touche Bagoosh and um, Scrotberg Sr. <laughs> Terry Rozier just said Marcus Smart had a shysty mustache. That was awesome. <laughs> Give this man a taco, raining junk. Absolutely. Terry Rozier is probably the best. He's the most dynamic person on Jumbotron events and uh, entertainment, but him and Kid Picasso, or just uh, when he's guessing things that he has no idea, but uh, he all, he was also described J- uh, Jalen Brown drawing earlier in the year as like fat neck. Yeah, <laughs> there's a great tweet. Is this Terry Rozier on art, and it's fat neck and shiesty mustache. That's great. It's great. He he really is great. His like naming sitcoms and naming like all of that stuff. Like he has no clue what some of those things are, and he just throws out random words. It's a fantastic. Uh, it's from Nicholas Diesen. Uh, I just yelled out loud at 3 a.m. parentheses Germany for that one-handed dunk uh, or Tatum dunk. My neighbors are going to hate me. Yeah. Shout out to our fan in Germany. Love it. I think that's our first uh, known German fan. Um, AB Green, Kemba Walker leads the league in looking really cool while yelling in muted slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little bit frustrated tonight. It looked like he may have uh, been able to pick up a tech, but uh, that's all I noticed. Yeah. The other, uh, uh, my uh, former neighbor and. Fellow Greek Teddy Kokoris tweeted at me another old school reference. He said Kemba is like Blanca from Street Fighter because he's not championship level, but sometimes he can be unstoppable, especially if he goes on an electric run. And that's a good Street oh, that's, Fighter that's reference. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I, it was it was fantastic stuff. Uh, Tony Fox Tice with the block outlet to Hayward, Hayward to Semi, Semi with the scoop lay uh, scoop layup, mildly arousing village question mark. Ah, uh, that was. I would say that's. Beyond my no, that was, that city, was, that was my, my first reaction was Je suis l'amour. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you get that reaction, if you get the full Je suis l'amour, it's clearly they're doing things. Um, this is from Tanny Levitt. Can you organize a support group for the significant others of Weird Celtics tweeters? I'm having trouble explaining Erotic City to my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an informative video pinned to the top of my uh, Twitter where you can watch... Uh, Great Celtics ball movement, and uh, hear the great sounds of Prince, and you'll kind of get a, a sense of it. What uh, what's going it's, on now? It's hard to explain it. You have to experience it. Like you can't just say, There's "Oh, a play tonight, though." Marcus Morris got doubled in the uh, one corner. Ping, 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 ping. Four passes. Jason Tatum in the opposite corner. Cash three. Like that's erotic city. It's just yep. ball movement, crisp pace, everyone going together, feeling the flow. 
doing the bull dance. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like when, like, we can say that play is Erotic City. Okay, that's fine. But I think the way to really get, get it is to experience the game with Twitter open and to understand when certain things happen, watch the Twitter reaction and see who's reacting. Make sure you're following all the right people, obviously. Psychedelic memes, a high volume of psychedelic memes come in. All of that stuff. And then you'll start to kind of get it. Like, I can explain it to you, but it's a real sensory experience that you have to get vision and like there's sound and there's feel and it's just it's it's you gotta you gotta experience it all right my own personal juncture before the game i missed this but the talk of the media room was brad saying the word scuttlebutt yes uh, and then he said that he enjoyed nba rumors and it's a bold-faced lie brad does i don't can't he believe he pays it, it pay he attention it. to i put i put the video up on mass lives uh, youtube page go watch it I asked him about the rumors and how he says it was. scuttlebutt and then just sneaks this lie right past all the reporters and they're just laughing. Yeah, well, he. If I was there, I would have told the truth. <laughs> I would have said, "You liar." Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I noticed pregame: um, every time you walk into the Celtics locker room, there's just like a box of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yes, and there's always one that says Jalen's name on it. Does he not eat his peanut butter and jelly sandwich before the game? Um. I, Maybe he stopped eating it, and that's why he's been playing better. I should have asked him that question. That's a great question to ask. I, I guess the question is, and I haven't really paid attention, because when we go back after the game... They're gone. Who eats all those sandwiches? Who would eat 35 box lunches? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, man, I see that peanut butter and jelly over there. I want to grab it I so I want to grab times. one so bad. There's just a pile. There's like dozens of them in there, and I'm like... they're. They're not going to notice one going. Is it bad that I want to eat the Jalen one, though? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, During the game, first quarter break, uh, they dropped some parachutes down from the rafters. Yeah. Um, It was... Back in my day, oh, I have to give this complaint. They used to do T-shirts for that. Now it's just like one of those little like fake plastic basketballs. It was falling right towards me. It was like in my grasp. I swiped at it and just completely missed and knocked it over the railing so no <laughs> one could get it. Cedric <laughs> Maxwell had to get up, walk over, bend over the railing, and pick it up. It was not a good look for me whatsoever. <laughs> John Duke, who's apparently at the game, one of the gods of uh, yeah. uh, podcasting. He apparently saw me do it. He tweeted at me immediately. It was like, nice catch on that parachute. <laughs> it was just like, there's no, it just really felt like an idiot. Just people all around me screaming like, oh, no, no. Uh, shout out to John Duke. I, I got to talk to him a little bit before the game. Uh, cool, bringing, him, bringing the kids down, bringing the basketball team down. Shouts to the podfather. Uh, before that sweet Tatum dunk, we got more Tice tips. Tice is not a guy who likes to grab the re- uh, rebound, yep. loves tipping it out. Um, here's probably the biggest story that I think should come out of this game. And remember, the, the Celtics went on this big run at the 647 mark, the 20-3 yep. uh, run. What happened during that uh, pause and play? They showed everyone going in the crowd, everyone. They put Deuce on the Jumbotron. No one cheered. I didn't notice. It was very upsetting. Not one person in the crowd noticed it was Deuce, gave him an extra... There was, like, no ovation. And I think that pissed the Celtics off. (laughs) Tam was like, screw this! He went off. Uh, I I didn't... See, I'm I'm usually taking those breaks to write, so I didn't see... 
I don't. I don't. What do you think I was doing? I was. I was taking them to write the junk drawer. <laughs> that's that is your. That's, that's your my lane, beat. man. That's it. That's it. The most reaction I got tonight was when I tweeted that out and said, "Shame on the Celtics." And people, the people of Celtics Twitter were upset. But I want to give a special shout out to Mike Benetti, who was at the game, and he said, "I was trying to tell my section." <laughs> so I just like the idea of him up in like three or four. It's Deuce. That's Deuce. Cheer, you idiots. Cheer. Cheer. Damn it. Uh, so that was a, a an upsetting moment, and hopefully the the fans will correct that soon. But maybe there's a crowd. It was a bad. It was. I want to say it was a bad crowd tonight, but it was a low energy night. It was. It was a low energy night. I I have this vision of Jason Tatum walking by here, hearing us yelling out, "That's Deuce. That's Deuce," and poking his head. In. That would maybe be that's funny. how he becomes. That would have been fantastic. That would have been good stuff. Um, two things left. No surprise. The JetBlue for, uh, flight crew was not there tonight. I mean, just they, off their game, man. They were off the past two games. They just they decided, you know what? Tonight's not the night for the flight crew. They need to get together, work on them stuff. I got to shout out Jam Packard here for blowing the lid off the JetBlue flight crew story. Yeah, why do you think they're not out there tonight? Because they don't want to embarrass themselves again. Listen to on the Raining Jays. Two straight callouts on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. They're probably shook. Jam gets probably. results. That's it. That's it, man. No JetBlue front flight crew until Lucky's back, anchoring that team. They just can't. They they don't have that depth to 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 answer. I'm not only here fighting for uh, justice uh, in terms of mid game entertainment, but I'm also want to park it, point out a, a market inefficiency. You're recently new on the beat, correct? I am. Starting from MassLive.com, you've joined Team Transcribe. I have. So after the game, all the beat reporters they kind of split up all the recordings and they transcribe them so they can have them in their stories and notes later. So I sat back there today during transcribe time. And noticed all the beat reporters splitting up the the team transcribe, and then I looked to my right, and there was three Celtics employees transcribing the exact same information. <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me. They should pay you guys double. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Here, here. I agree. Double and that's my why salary. You damn. should vote for Jam Packard. I'm in. I'm all about yes, Jam 2020. We'll see now. They. What we don't do is we don't transcribe Brad Stevens because we know that the Celtics people are going to do that. No. So they, they do transcribe Brad. So I was speaking from a place of ignorance. Yeah, a little bit, but I'm just filling you in. But they also they also transcribe, like, we'll get, like, Marcus Smart or whomever's back there, and sometimes they'll hand us a sheet with some of those same quotes, and we're like, already gotcha. See, w- that's the inefficiency that I, yeah. I, I'm talking about. Yeah, they, about. they do have to, like, they do have to... But I'm just in for the people. I want the, everyone to be maximizing uh, productivity. Which we do try to do. Um, that's it from me. I've got no more junk. I felt like I had a junk drawer edition, but I can't, I can't remember it now. So I think we're just going to wrap up the show. Oh, I got one last thing. Oh. Dale Demps, general manager of the Pelicans, is reportedly not picking up his phone to answer any trade calls, which is laugh out loud <laughs> funny. Uh, Rich well, Paul made his move, and now they took out the Anthony Davis in the intro video in New Orleans. Yes. They might not play him for the rest of the season. They like, shouldn't. What if they just called his bluff? and was like, all right, you're going to sit out the rest of the year then. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Sure, why not? Just tell him, stay home. Stay home. It's going to be awkward if he gets he's selected to the All-Star game and then has to represent... Oh, they, I guess they don't wear the like the team jerseys anymore. They should go back to that, by the way. I liked it when the, each player wore the instead of the new like all star specific uniforms. They should just wear like the road uniform and the home uniform yeah. of their specific team. Yeah, I think that'd be good. I mean, everybody's got a black jersey now. Like, er, like they could just put everybody in their black jerseys, and then everybody, everyone, everyone else, else wears like their jersey. city edition, or like yeah. you could choose your jersey. Yeah, 
I'm I'm down with that. I liked I always liked the wearing your own your own jersey, but of course then you can't sell all star jerseys, which you know. There's a guy uh, speaking mid uh, mid game entertainment wearing a Jason Tatum Chaminade jersey today. Yeah, I thought, it's always cool. I like the high school jersey. Yeah, it was pretty good. And he he was shooting. He was Very doing the casually. shooting. Yes. He looked. He had a nice. I thought he had a nice little form. He was snapping that wrist, but he couldn't hit three oh. to win the. Win oh the, my God! Thank God I reminded myself. The first guy was shooting free throws. Yes, <laughs> he missed short fifteen times in a row. One guy, adjust a little bit. Like yeah, right. he just did ten shots where he was short. Tr- shoot it a little harder, <laughs> and then he made one, and he got a chance for so like he got moved on to a new game, and he ended up winning ten thousand dollar earrings. Yeah, it's like this should be a meritocracy here. He should like there's the first game did not connect to the second game whatsoever. I yeah, I don't know what happened there. It's like I thought, I thought you right. shot for the um, amount of chances to to pick. Like if you hit all of your shots, then you get like three guesses, or you yeah. But there's only three things to, you guess. Get to pick. I guess if you hit all your shots, you win all the prizes. The man had to hit three shots and he attempted fifteen. Yeah. It's like in the Price is Right, you have to win the first guessing game to get on stage, and then you have to win the showcase showdown, like the spinning wheel to get to the showcase showdown. Reward, uh, success, and then that's how you make a good game show. Here's what here's what I'm campaigning on. I think I should be the house DJ. I think I should be the PA announcer. <laughs> um, now, if you were the PA announcer, if you took Eddie Palladino's job, would you use the pre the beginning of the show jam for anytime somebody dunked i think that would be pretty obnoxious but so jalen yes. brown with the jam my biggest thing is downtown jalen brown or jalen brown from downtown is yeah. much better than jb for three um but i know who knows what i'll come up with they probably don't want someone just uh messing around on the pa riffing during the yeah yeah they they, they probably want somebody who's gonna Celtics deliver are such a traditional organization <laughs> doesn't have family <laughs> <laughs> Want someone who showers regularly <laughs> doesn't have dandruff. <laughs> Shout out to Chris Farley. Oh okay. All right. That's a good place to end the podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening, especially all of you new listeners. Who uh, doesn't stare at Al Horford in the locker room? <laughs> <laughs> who isn't gazing into his eyes uncomfortably? Uh, thanks for listening. Hope you are subscribing. If you're a subscriber, give us that five-star rating. Give us a good written review, please. And share the podcast. Tell everybody. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell random people on the street to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and Jay King. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.